0: Today on Awaken to Grace, we're in part two of a great sermon on Psalm 23. Oh, I love this chapter of the Bible, and I'm sure you do too. Well, you know, friends, we're in this series where we are studying the names of God, which reveals the character of God. We are learning together how to pray the names of God as they are revealed throughout the Old Testament. This series is called The God of God. Of. And today we learn how God is our shepherd. Well, friends, if you have enjoyed the preaching of Awakened to Grace, if you find that it is strengthening you and encouraging you in your walk with the Lord, you know, we are on many, many platforms, just like the one you're listening to right now. And we ask people who feel called by the Lord to partner with us. We ask people to come alongside of us to stand shoulder to shoulder as we trumpet and proclaim this glorious gospel from coast to coast. Friends, uh, we hear from so many who are impacted. We know from listener feedback that people are coming to Christ. Christians are growing in their faith. And if you would like to be part of helping us do that, you know, those special people who God calls to do that, we call them grace And I want to invite you today to my website, AwakenedToGrace.com, and any gift that you would like to help us purchase airtime, just like the platform you're listening to right now. We have many contracts, many, many places that we are sharing the gospel of Jesus, and we need people just like you to come alongside and stand shoulder to shoulder. Become a grace giver today. Go to our website, click the link that says Grace Givers, and join us, partner with us in the gospel of the Lord Jesus to our generation. Well, let's go to God's word together as we continue our study on Psalm 23 in this great series entitled The God of He leads me beside still waters. Are you drinking today from the word of God? There's another meaning to this. You know, a little body of a sheep, you you take away their wool. There's not a whole lot there. The little body of a sheep, do you know it's comprised of about 70% of water? It has to have water. But sometimes it gets a, a good amount. You know how it gets? From the dew that's on the blades of grass early in the mornings before the sun rises. Do you know what it would do for you if you began every day in God's word? I want you to come back this Tuesday for prayer meeting because I have a very special teaching. Some of you need this teaching. And I think, I'm praying, I think we're gonna take it even further into a series, but I'm gonna teach this Tuesday at prayer meeting on an unhurried life. What's it mean to be unhurried? See, the Lord's teaching me how to lie down in green pastures. Yes, God wants us busy, but he doesn't want us hurried. You see the difference? We're going to look at the life of Christ, and we're going to see how Christ was never in a hurry. We read the Gospels as though he went from this miracle to that miracle to that teaching to this healing to this miracle, and it's just constantly on the go. But listen, Christ wasn't in a hurry. Remember when he showed up late with Lazarus? He was in no hurry. And even though Christ was busy and even though he was productive, he was not frantic and he was not in a hurry. And we're going to teach this Tuesday on an unhurried life. I want you to be here for it. He leads me beside still water. What would happen if you begin to eat every day that fresh dew, that fresh grass from God's word? It would change your day. It would change your perspective. And then I love this. He restores my soul. Now, this is the phrase I had the hardest time with. I couldn't grasp it. What's it mean for God to restore my soul? What's that? Uh, And I just kept trying to think, okay, God, what's it mean for my soul to be restored? And I just knew I was missing it. You know, I knew that there was a piece I couldn't put my finger on and Much of today's content comes out of a absolute classic book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It was written by Philip Keller. Philip Keller went on to be with the Lord back in the 90s. He wrote this book in 1970. Philip Keller was a shepherd. He was a sheepman as an occupation Then later in life became a pastor. And he wrote this phenomenal book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, and you should order that book if you don't own it. It's, it's tremendous. And Philip Keller helped me so much understand not only Psalm 23, but understand my own circumstance and the situation I'm facing now. And here's what Philip Keller said it means to restore a soul, and, and, and it was so beautiful to me. Is it okay if I just lay this out for a moment? Listen to what he says. When David wrote in the psalms when he said why is my soul cast down why are you cast down o my soul remember david said that speaking of depression and anxiety why are you cast down o my soul look to god hope in god i didn't know this did you know that the term cast down is actually an old shepherding term this is terminology that a sheep, that, that, that a sheepman will use when, when his sheep gets turned over on its back. Now say amen if you're with me right now, because it's going to be some meat. All right, we're, 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 coming up to the buffet part of the meat. All right, it's a steak right here. This is, this is going to be good. There's three reasons why a little sheep will end up on its back. And see, here's the danger. When a little sheep gets turned over and that sheep is on its back, it does not have the ability to turn itself back on its feet. And Keller says that the danger of this, there's there's a couple dangers when a sheep is on its back and it can't get rolled back over. The first danger is that after a while, the blood circulation gets cut off in its little four legs. And it will lay there, flaying its legs, helpless, panicked, yelling out, trying to get... But only the shepherd can help it. And the danger is that the blood circulation gets cut off. And then Keller says that if it's a hot, sunny day, that sheep will only survive a few hours before it dies. If it's lucky and it's an overcast, cool maybe even a rainy day, perhaps that sheep will survive for two or three days that way. But see, here's the other danger. Predators look for sheep who are cast down. Sheep small enough, a predator bird will get it. Cougar will get it. Something will pick that little sheep off. Keller writes in his masterful way of writing in this book, he said, I spent untold number of hours just finding sheep who were cast down. He said, anytime that I would see buzzards begin to circle over my property, he said, my heart would sink. I would drop everything and I would run toward it because I knew my sheep was cast down. And he said, as I found the sheep, some... Sadly, he didn't make it, but he said, when I found a sheep that made it, he said, I would, I would take the sheep, and he said, I didn't scold it, and I didn't chide it. He said, I would take the sheep, and I would begin to rub its little legs because, he said, when you set it up where the blood circulation was, was uh, stopped, he said, the sheep would just fall over. He said, I would just massage, and I would rub its legs, and he would say, oh, I'm so glad I found you. I'm so glad I got to you in time. How many of you know God deals with us in a kind and a bountiful way after we have strayed? How many of you felt that before? Times you've gotten away from the shepherd. Times you've went down paths of sin. Times you've got cast down. What does the shepherd do? He'll come and he'll minister to us. And he'll love us and he'll help us. There's three reasons why sheep will get cast down. Number one, because like us, sheep love to be comfortable. (laughs) You can picture it in your mind's eye, this beautiful little sheep. <laughs> He's eaten until his heart is content, right? He's eaten all of this fresh pasture. Well, after he eats, what's he want to do? What do you want to do after you eat? What are most of y'all gonna do today? <laughs> and after this little sheep has eaten, it wants to lay down and spread out. And you know what happens to this little sheep? It'll spread out and it'll turn, and as it turns ever so slightly. It finds a soft spot in the ground, maybe even a little hollow spot, and it will get turned on its back. And all of a sudden, comfort turns to panic. Let me tell you, my friends, some of you are exhausting all of your energy to be comfortable in life. Let me tell you the good gospel news. There is no such thing as the American dream in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's will for your life is not for you to be comfortable. Do you realize that? That's not God's will. I'm not saying don't save, don't invest. I'm not saying those things. I'm saying don't. The book of Amos says, woe unto those who are at ease in Zion. Don't get comfortable. The second reason that a little sheep will get on its back is because it got a little too fat. Sheep will eat and eat and eat, and they'll eat everything. They'll eat all grass. They'll eat weeds. They'll even eat poisonous plants. They'll eat it all. And if a sheep gets a little overweight, you know what happens to it? It turns on its back. It gets cast down. You know, I look at my own life, and I think sometimes, am I overweight spiritually? I listen to sermon after sermon. I've got Bible after Bible after Bible. And you know, I think of these precious people in Pakistan. For almost a year now, we've, spent, we've sent Bibles every month to the Pakistani people, to new Christians who don't own a Bible. Praise God for that, amen? Are we too comfortable today? Do you have more Bibles then you can really, can't, uh, I mean, uh, you, you have your, not only do you have physical Bibles, you have your phone, you have your tablets, you have your laptops. You, the word of God is so accessible. And do we treat the house of God as a flippant thing where, oh, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. Maybe, you know, Where's I don't even know where my Bible is. And yet there's brothers and sisters in other parts of the world, they don't even own one. You see how easy it is for us? to be cast down and on our back if we're not careful. And then the third reason, and I love this, I know in my heart it's what God's doing to me now. A sheep will get downcast because it hasn't been sheared in a while. Now, Keller masterfully writes, and it's, it's so, it, oh, oh, it just puts, it just, oh, staggers me. Keller says, It's a very unpleasant thing for a sheep to be sheared. It's not only unpleasant to the sheep, it's unpleasant to the shepherd because the shepherd loves the sheep. Keller said, when I would need to shear a sheep, I would take my knife and I would begin to shear it. Well, with a sharp knife, you know what that means? The sheep's going to get cut. It's going to get pricked. It's going to be uncomfortable. But do you realize that in the Bible, outward wool always represents sin? It always represents the old self. It always represents worldliness. And Keller says, As I would shear my sheep, I was amazed at what was in their wool hardened manure, hardened mud, ticks, burrs. All these terrible, nasty things were in the, in the wool. But he said, after I had sheared the sheep, even though it was painful, even though it was difficult, the sheep would run off in delight because it had shed all that filthiness. How long has it been since God sheared you? Cut away at you, got the burrs out, got the ticks out, got the manure out of your life. Because how I many of you know things stick to us, don't they? And I can feel the Holy Spirit saying, Chad, I know you're uncomfortable. I know this is painful. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But let me shear you. And I say to God's glory, shear me, Lord. Shear me. Shear me until it's gone. Maybe you're in a place right now where you say, what is God doing? Is the shepherd shearing you? If he is, let him do his work. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Listen to what he says next. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. (laughs) I didn't know this about sheep, but like us, you'll hear that theme through the sermon. (laughs) Like us, they're habitual in nature. If a sheep is not moved, it will eat the same patch of grass until it's nothing but barren earth. And it will walk that earth until it makes a rut in the ground. Sheep eat everything. They'll decimate a field. They'll they'll so decimate it to the point it's almost beyond repair. So do you know what a shepherd has to do? He has to lead his flock into new pastures. Keller writes and says he led his flock into a new pasture every single week because they would eat everything. Not only will they eat everything and make the earth barren, but they leave their waste. And if you don't move on, think of all the parasites and the sickness that can come. Sheep have to be moved into new pastures. So Keller writes, he says he owned a massive ranch. And what he would do is divide the fields into new grazing areas. In the early part of the year. And as he divided the field, he would work hard to cultivate new grass. He would sow and he would work the the, the grounds to where it's plush and it's lush pasture for them to eat on. And this is interesting. He said that when he would open the gate to a new pasture, oh, the sheep would get so excited. He said their little tails would wiggle in delight. They would go through the gate throwing their heads back in delight because they knew what it meant. It meant new fields, new pastures. And the Holy Spirit began to minister to me this week and said, Chad, let me tell you what I'm doing in your church. March 31, this great healing service that I have ordained, this is, it's as though God is opening a new gate into new pastures for our church. He's taking us into new areas, new fields that we've never been before. And the joy and the delight that the flock is going to have is going to be unbelievable. And the Holy Spirit told me, Chad, this is not an exception. This is going to become the norm. Amen. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Now. The next verse is probably the most popular in the Bible, beside John 3.16. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I didn't know this, so sheep cannot stay in the home ranch all year. They have to be led to the high country. They have to be taken to higher pastures. And in order to get there, Keller writes that around the springtime when the snow has melted and the the weather is turning and and you're getting the warm rains and warm uh, season is coming in, a shepherd will decide to take his flock off of the ranch and they'll go into the high country. But to get there, you've got to go through the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the shepherd knows what he's doing. Many of us know what it is to lose a loved one. We know what it is to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with someone that we've loved greatly. Let me tell you what the Bible says about that. Psalm 116 verse 15. The Bible says, Precious, In the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. Now, notice what that says. It does not have any stipulations to it. It doesn't say precious in the eyes of the Lord are clean deaths, or easy deaths, or good deaths, or old age deaths. It doesn't say precious in the eyes of the Lord are those who die under such conditions. No, there are no stipulations. It says precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of His saints. Every death is precious in the eyes of the Lord, even if in our eyes it's loss or it's tragedy or it's too soon. In the eyes of the shepherd, it's precious. Do you know what that verse tells me? That verse tells me something about my shepherd. It says that he knows something about death that we don't know until it's our time. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow. Why is it a shadow? Shadow can't harm you. Why is it a shadow? Because Christ took the reality. It's a shadow because Christ suffered the reality. Therefore, for us today, it's simply a shadow. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod And your staff, they comfort me. Now, how important a rod was to a shepherd. How important his staff was. You know what the rod was used for? Oh, my. Now, like us, sheep love to stray. Some sheep just have a knack for figuring out how to get outside the fold. But there's two problems with that. The first problem is that this little sheep who's cared for, who's loved whose every need is met, who has the tender watchfulness of the shepherd. This little sheep has no idea what's outside the fold. He has no clue the dangers, the predators that would devour him. Keller writes, and it stunned me when he wrote this. Keller writes and says in his great book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, he says, today people people look at Christians as though we're crazy because we believe in a literal Satan. And the world would look and go, how can you believe that? The devil is a figment of the imagination. He's he's a cultural thing. He's this little red guy with a pitchfork. How could you believe in something as though the devil? But let me tell you, you can see the tracings of the devil everywhere. You can see the carnage that he leaves behind. Keller wrote and said, in all of my decades of Shepherding, I never once saw a cougar, but many times I walked onto my ranch and I saw the carnage of a cougar, but yet I never saw one, but I saw the damage it left behind. They have no idea what awaits them outside the fold, but here's the second problem with when a sheep strays. He don't go by himself. They take their little buddies with them, And when one sheep figures out how to get outside the fold, they take others with them. Let me tell you, friends, you be careful who you're friends with. You be careful who speaks into your life. You be careful what you let into your heart. You get around negative people. You get around people who always got a problem with this and always got a problem with that. And they don't ever have anything but something negative to say. They'll lead you astray. And I know what you're thinking in your little sheep heart. I know what you're thinking in your little sheep mind. Oh, I'm too smart for that. No, you're not. And I'm not either. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. You be careful who you're around. So let me tell you what a shepherd does. He takes his rod. Now, you ready for this? Because this is going to break your heart. The 9 a.m. crowd already scolded me and said, Oh, that's a terrible story. As painful as it is. A shepherd will take a, a straying sheep, one that keeps getting out and leading others. He'll take that little leg of that sheep, that leg that no doubt he's massaged and strengthened and helped when it was cast down. And he'll stretch that little leg out. And he'll take his rod and he'll break it. Can you imagine what that does to the heart of a shepherd? When that little sheep cries out because you broke its leg, let me tell you what happens. That wise, that loving shepherd will take that little leg of the sheep and he'll set it. He'll put oil on it. He'll bandage it. He'll make sure that little leg is going to grow back and it's going to heal and it's going to be right. But you know what happens until that little leg heals? Everywhere the shepherd goes, the sheep is carried When that sheep goes to bed, it sleeps at the heart of the shepherd. When he drinks water, he's watered by the shepherd. When he eats, he's fed by the shepherd. Everywhere the shepherd is, that sheep is with him. And how many of you know, you you can look back in times of your life where you would have strayed. You would have got into sin. And what did God do? He got your attention. He broke your little leg. And it hurt in the moment. It hurt at the time. But what happened? You've never strayed again. If you enjoy the daily broadcast of Awaken to Grace, then I want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can get our podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. Simply search Awaken to Grace Weekly Sermons.